0: Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan.
1: And I'm Ginger Conlin, And we have quite the show prepared for you today. Not only do we have two amazing guests, but we have a special co-host, guest co-host with us today.
0: Right. And that's something you and I have talked about often. What is one thing we've always wanted to represent on this podcast or have someone represent on this podcast?
1: Genesis customer.
0: Oh, yes, that's it. That's right. And finally, through the help of some previous co-hosts, Jason Alley and Jack Nichols, they were on a podcast. Please please go back and listen to that podcast on um, Composable CX. However, they're back today and they've brought someone with us. Who, Who do we have with us today?
1: Today, we have Richard Tucker, who is a software engineering manager at Oval Energy and as you said, we have Jack Nichols, who's Vice President of Product Management at Genesis Cloud CX. And serving as today's guest co-host, we have Jason Alley, who's Senior Director of Product Marketing at Genesis.
0: Well, Ginger, I can't wait. I think we should just get started now.
1: I think you're right. Let's jump in.
0: Well, first, welcome back, Jason and Jack. Uh, before I get to you two, I want to introduce Richard. And Richard, tell us a little bit about why you're here today and about what you do for OVO.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I look after all of the engineering, software engineering, uh, in the customer services part of OVO. Um, <clears throat> so I have we have a couple of product teams there, uh, one of which is centered around the Genesis Cloud product. Um, and we've been—I uh, think we're coming up to a year um, of uh, having, you know, uh, been developing the product and, and using it in in production now. And I think we've got quite an interesting story of how we've come from some old legacy sort of on-prem systems where we didn't really do much engineering around them. We had mainly uh, uh, outsourced professional services, and how we've bought that in-house. Um, and we have engineering, but we're also product-led now. So we have product teams around there, allows us to get close to the business um, and yeah, do some real engineering. So I think there's quite an interesting story there.
0: Jason, you were telling us that um, uh, you feel that there's, uh, what. just tell, tell us about some of the advantages and maybe, uh, you know, you were talking before this, we started recording about ways in which uh, the development efforts accelerated with um, Genesis Cloud. But if you could just expand on that, maybe, yeah, I know you had some questions for Richard.
3: Yeah, and so Richard and Jack and I did a, an experience session called The Future of CX Platforms as Composable. And uh, I definitely would encourage the, the listeners to check it out. Um, it's available on demand and during right after we recorded the session uh Jack and Richard and I stayed on and Jack and Richard just started having this like really fascinating discussion around retaining development talent and I was kicking myself going gosh I wish we would have kept recording because I think there's a lot of value in you know folks in the market hearing about this and and it was all around um this idea that um, I think the way we think traditionally about CCAS and the contact center, we don't always associate development with that. And, it's, and uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Richard, I think, to start, but his perspective on his team's reaction as they made this transition to Genesis Cloud. And then what they found on the back end, I think it's the story we've been trying to tell, Jack, right? Because there's so much power in the platform, but it's not always... Uh, I guess, top of mind for people. They don't they don't realize it's there. So I think Richard's story is a great way just to kind of bring that to life. So Richard, I'll turn it back to you and maybe you can tell a little bit about your story. Sure,
2: yeah. So uh, I'll just start from the beginning very briefly in that when we were selecting what our future contact center platform was going to be, we had a big, you know, RFP um, and we whittled it down to, I think, two or three uh, vendors, Genesis being one of them. And one of the deciding factors um, on selecting Genesis was we asked some software engineers in our company to evaluate uh, the, the the shortlist from an engineering perspective. So right from the get-go, before we'd even signed a contract, we knew that we wanted to, to have engineering in-house around the contact center, which was new for us. Um, hip, you know, before that we had, um, uh, yeah, uh, Professional services. We were relying on those heavily um, specialist skills. So once we then selected the uh, Genesis and we were beginning to uh, gear up for implementation, we we uh, found a team or we we made put a team around it. And I think it's probably fair to say in the beginning, the team was qu- the software engineers in the team were quite lukewarm about this. Um, <laughs> they'd come from what they would consider you know traditional software engineering, and then suddenly they were they were saying things to me like, so, so do, I, do I do telephony now? Am I, am I t- telephony happening? <laughs> and so that was our challenge at the beginning was to kind of convince the soft, our software engineers that, no, no, this is gonna be real software engineering. So we um, we let them loose in the, um, we, we, we put them on some training, some Genesis training, and then let them loose in the, in the developer documentation. Um, and then we started to do the build. And then we started to really explore some of the more advanced sides of it so things like archie and terraform so um, these are are, are tools that we can use to uh, bring the genesis product into our like uh, development pipelines our um, continuous integration pipelines that kind of thing Um, and now we're at the point where you know our engineers are, are really loving working with the system they're writing blog posts about it which have been featured on the genesis blog uh, and our own uh, our own blog um and you know i think we'll touch on this later but also you know they they, they feel like they're having a real impact in the business um which is which is a, a key uh facet to, to retaining staff
0: i have a follow-up question to that you said that you turned them over to the developer you got you got your org up and going you turned your developers over Got them into the developer center. What would you say was the turnaround time, and was it uh, for for the developers getting in there and really seeing how 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 much access they had and how quickly they could move within the product? How long do you think that took, and was that a standard? Did you feel like it was a standard cycle for getting comfortable? I think,
2: I think before that, when, when when we'd asked the developers to evaluate the product before we'd chosen it, I think that was a really interesting uh, piece because we needed to do a few things. One of them was a Salesforce integration because we, we use Salesforce Service Cloud as our CRM uh, and then some data integrations and things for, for doing intelligent routing. And I think the key thing there was that they had, I think it was three engineers we assigned to this and um, they had actually done a proof of concept in, I want to say a few days. It was, it was definitely not more than, a week certainly not more than a fortnight it was very very quick um obviously this isn't production ready we couldn't just start using that but what that showed is that we were very quickly able to evaluate we're going to be able to make this work uh, and turn it around quickly and then in terms of engineers becoming proficient and and i would say skilled and knowing how genesis works you're talking about yeah maybe a month six weeks something like that but that i'm talking about getting into all of the 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 nitty gritty. They had a good hand, uh, a good understanding of how architect work, how how data actions work. Some of the fundamentals that we needed in, yeah, in days I would say, just just from reading the documentation and playing with the um, you know like the API. um, uh, What do you call it? Explorer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Explorer. Explorer. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very very quickly, I would say, yeah.
0: Was that a surprise for you for you internally? Was that was that what your expectation was when you were? When I, I only hire the best engineers. So, oh, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it was actually, yeah. I think I think given that we had one, so of the team that was evaluating it, one uh, one or two of them had some contact center experience, but some of them didn't. And the rest of the team that now owns it and and has taken it on didn't really have any contact center experience. So to answer your question, the surprise I think comes from that. You've got engineers coming in with almost zero domain knowledge in customer services, let alone contact center technology, Um, but they were quite quick to then grasp the concepts, what we can do with it. You know, as an example, you've got calls coming in or contacts coming in we we built a service to to look up who is this that's contacting us and then we return a whole bunch of data points into Genesis and can make lots of decisions on what we do with those interactions. Um, And so that was one of the key things we wanted to build from day one. And I think they very quickly understood the value of that to the business. And then by exploring the APIs and and what, what you could do in architect, then we quickly understood how to do it as
3: well. And Richard, you, you said you uh, issued a challenge to your team. Maybe you can share more about that in terms of delivering value to the business, which you just touched on a moment ago. Yeah. So I think I mean one of the things I
2: um, I, I, I find exciting about the area we work working in the business, and that I try to uh, advocate for within within my teams is that you usually are up against uh, co- cost. The, the classic time cost quality kind of thing, and something usually has to give. Um, and w- what I set as a challenge is well, we want to increase our quality with this. We want our customer satisfaction, CSAT ratings, NPS scores to increase. Um, that usually comes at a cost, but actually, we want to increase the efficiency of the contact center as well. So the challenge I set is can we deliver a better customer experience for a lower cost? Which is you know the the holy grail um and i think i think engineers enjoy challenges you know that's one of the things that motivates people give give them a hard problem to solve or something that isn't done very often and increasing quality while reducing costs is not a common occurrence in my experience so so that was the challenge that we set um and we're still on that sort of journey but we are having some success in there already so yeah Awesome
3: thanks Richard. And, and actually if it's okay Michael, I'd just like to kind of pose the question to Jack. Jack, you're out talking with lots of customers who are leveraging the platform and the, some of the capabilities that Richard talked about. you know in the times that we live in now, um, are you hearing more of that where people not only want to you know support growth and support um, increasing customer satisfaction, but now efficiency is maybe becoming a more important factor as we move forward.
4: Yeah, I think you know it's it's interesting because I think their you know Richard's story really was, was amazing to me because I'm hearing it a lot more with developers getting involved and you know I think to, I'll I'll recognize Richard's statement of you know when you get amazing developers and put them towards a problem it's really cool to see what actually comes out you know and what they can do developers want to solve problems by their nature and they you know really like to see people actually using things too and. I see a lot of companies starting to bring developers into the contact center to help create that, that efficiency that Richard was talking about. Because now, you know, historically, contact center was kind of off on its own little silo. And a lot of times when there's things that need to be done, people or processes were put in place. And I think that's how it kind of you know, bloated you know, over the old days. And you know, every time you turn around, you had to have a services engagement to do something versus now you bring developers and they start saying, okay, how do I automate this? How do I simplify it? How do I not have to do repetitive tasks. You know, developers hate doing repetitive tasks. So I think they're fantastic at figuring out ways to automate those things out of the platform. And I definitely see that a lot more and I see developers really starting to find interest and actually a lot of the customers I'm working with, developers kind of like Richard's story, you know, are actually being brought in at the beginning now of the conversations to say, you know, as we choose these platforms, they're becoming an influencer and deciding, you know, where they can go. Because I think, you know, other companies are starting to see, hey, developers can actually increase my efficiency while improving the customer experience, Um, let's bring them into this problem space and see what kind of creative things they can come up with.
3: Interesting. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, as we charge forward, customer service is really the place that uh, companies are going to differentiate. And so, you know, at the heart of that, where you're creating your true differentiation is creating things that others can't and uh, developers are right there in the middle of that, solving that problem, and and as as things go on, some of the challenges and problems they're solving seem to get be getting more and more complex, which, I don't know, Richard and Jack, maybe you guys can talk to this, like, it seems, is it true that, I guess, the more complex, the more that a developer is learning, the more that um, they're able to kind of push the boundaries in terms of creating things that, that others maybe have yet to imagine, is that, something that gets them excited and helps them stay engaged as a part of the team.
4: I I guess I'll go, I think challenges are always great for developers. And Richard, you hit on something earlier that I think that makes the contact center space very interesting for a lot of developers is, it's an ecosystem. It's lots of different systems together. And I think that's where the developers really love to be able to come in and build code and really connect all these systems together because, you you know, Genesis isn't the hub you know, now your developers are actually building the hub for OVO. Genesis is part of that. You know, I always like to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, we as the software provider can, you know, want to think of the center of the world, but ultimately it's OVO. And those developers now are building the nucleus of the OVO experience in my mind. And yeah, you know, last time we were talking about that, Richard, that really stuck out to me when you're talking about some of those pieces. Yeah, I
2: think, I mean, there is, there's certainly a lot of complexity in the energy industry in, in the UK. Um, it's a it's a complex domain, and we have a, com, uh, a complex um, number of queries that we get from customers. And I think so that challenge about being efficient and also um, raising the, the the quality is a lot of it is to do with like what well, routing obviously like how which how are we getting these calls to the right people but as, as as jack was just saying what's the right technology for the right job so we have a particular thing we use for surveying we have a crm that i mentioned earlier and so you've got another aspect of the challenge which is how do you make those all of those systems integrate nicely talk to each other nicely and actually try and do things in real time that's another thing that's quite new that we get from genesis so we're using EventBridge and we're trying to be event-driven in the contact center, and I think that's some um, it's worth mentioning that because it's kind of it's new, right? It's a it's a, I mean it's that's a mile away from an on-prem legacy um, contact center thing. But even within Genesis, there's probably customers out there that aren't doing the real-time stuff yet. So I think that's uh, that's another thing you can always give to an engineer is let them play with new stuff. Um, you know, if you go and work for I don't know, the MOD or the Department of Defense as it is in America, you're not getting the new stuff a lot of the times because it's all got to go through certification, you're getting the old, <clears throat> and a lot of companies, it's the same, they're quite conservative about, you know, using the bleed and edge stuff, whereas in OVO, we can do that and we can, and we can use a lot of the Genesis technology to do that.
3: I think you almost, uh, you, you, have a, you have something that you uh, like to joke about, Richard, about the kind of company OVO is, and I won't yeah. steal your thunder, but maybe you can share that. <laughs>
2: I can't actually. This isn't mine, but I am going to claim it for this. For this <laughs> we no, we, we have a bit of an in, sort of internal joke that we we kind of see ourselves as a technology company that happens to sell kilowatt hours or happens to sell energy, um, which I think is, is it's it's a bit of a joke, uh, but at the same time it 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 we say that because it we we hope it um it, it generates a culture of we're serious about technology and we're serious about engineering and. Um, and 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 our engineers' well-being, and and they're motivated, and that they want to come to work and, and do their best work every day. So, it's a bit of a joke, but it, it's our it's a good it's a good way of seeing our culture.
3: I think. Yeah, it really stuck with me when you said that. And Jack, I'm thinking like whoever we're out talking to, whether you're um, in the energy uh, space, healthcare, financial services, retail, if the team that is engaged with impacting the customer experience can think of themselves as a technology company first that might change the mindset around um the kinds of things they realize they can do and maybe even uh foster this this concept of co-creation that we've been talking about and jack maybe you can just kind of hit on your thoughts in in that regard you know what is that what does co-creation mean to you and um how does it allow the developers to really um, engage more effectively with the business?
4: Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, and, and Richard kind of hit on some of the pieces earlier I'll go back to is that, you know, I think that the innovative, quick, nimble companies, you know, the I'll call it technology first, you know, like Richard's mission companies, they're interfacing the business and developers together, you know. The old days of I, I joke and you know as I interview candidates even for our own product role. Of the old days of a product manager that builds a BRD, puts all the business requirements down, hands it off to a developer to go implement. Those days are gone. Those days are disappearing, and the companies that are doing that are are quickly becoming laggards within their industry. Versus you know saying okay, you know Richard saying okay, guys and gals, here's the problem, here's the challenge, here's what we need to do from the business perspective. Let's come together and let's figure out how we solve that. And I, I'm seeing that more with companies, you know, and a lot of companies bringing in, I think Richard, you mentioned it also, is product managers to start saying, okay, how do I bridge these gaps? How do I bring everyone together and say, here's the problem we're trying to solve? And then start throwing across ideas, not, you know, not going, well, you're in development, you don't have any ideas. Well, no, developers have fantastic ideas. and I love, you know, every day working with them. And I think companies are starting to come to that realization that, you know, maybe there is a way to get that amazing customer experience that Richard's talking about and drive efficiency if the business, you know, takes down the silos and actually, you know, collaborates on something and works on that co-creation perspective.
3: Yeah, and Richard, I think you were talking about just how quickly you're able to experiment now with new things.
2: Yeah, I was, I was about to say actually, um, you know, it, we have to be a little bit careful sometimes about that joke I was making earlier because we've got to make sure we're not perceived as the tail wagging the dog, right, as, as mm-hmm. technology, um, you know, technology first doesn't mean at the expense of everything else. It, it means yeah. we, we just take it seriously. And so being product led and product and technology led, that, that doesn't mean we just make it all up as we go along. We, we, get, um, we get close to our stakeholders. We get close to them and talk about the problems they want to solve or the, the opportunities that they're finding. We work with them to sort of size those up in terms of effort and value, that kind of thing. But then I think the, where the credibility then comes, to the point I was just making earlier, is that we can get stuff out the door quite quickly. Um, as in, you know, uh, we, could, we could release multiple times a day if we wanted to. Um, we can also roll it back quickly if we made a mistake or we can A-B test. So we can come up with a hypothesis. But I think that's another thing that's important to know. Uh, if you're in a complex industry, it's okay not to know the answer. And it's okay to have a hypothesis that you can test. So we can say, okay, well, let's let's try these things out, um, and then we can get the data back out of the system to then look at how it's going, look at the efficiency, and we can just go around in a circle with that and say, okay, well, did we achieve? Was the hypothesis proven or not? Um, how can we take it forward? That idea didn't work. Okay, what we're we going to try next and that constant communication and and nimbleness, as you said earlier, I think is what then gives us the um, it gives us the ma- the mandate almost to be able to say with technology first, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I with, think that's great. So with technology first, and you hire the best developers. I heard that from someone <laughs> recently. Um, it's like, it's like- <laughs> How do you retain that and how are you keeping your staff retained? How are you keeping them happy? Are they engaged? I mean, clearly the tool sets that that's a big part of it, but is there, what what other ways are you seeing that, that maybe a difference between how you kept employees in the past versus now? What's some of the biggest big key differentiators being on this product?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's really interesting because one thing that's changed in the last few years, as I'm sure everybody's aware is, Remote working is, and it's super cliche, but it really has changed everything. One of the things that has changed is you can go and work for a company anywhere now, and so that adds more challenge onto the retention. Because my answer a couple of years ago would have been, we're in a we're in a really nice city, and we're one of the bigger employers in the city. We've got a great green brand, you know, um, people that are interested in in the environment and and green energy you know that that was always a draw uh, and it, but we were only competing with you know the you know i don't know what a, a 30 to 50 mile radius say something like that now you're competing not only against the whole of the uk but potentially in other countries as well so the the challenge is, is great is greater um and i think money isn't everything um salary is one thing but then you're looking at okay well what motivates engineers and I, as i said before i think it's the ability to play with new technology, and um, and I think I think uh, Archie and Terra, you know, that, that's a really good example of that. Um, but also the impact. So we touched on earlier, we're we're trying to impact the the users of the system, our, our agents, and their um, their satisfaction scores because we measure that as well. How satisfied are you with the tooling that we're providing to you, um, and and our customers as well? So. We said we can iterate quickly, so that means we can see impacts quickly as well, which is great for engineers. We can describe what the problems are and what good looks like, and then when we hit what good looks like, everybody feels good about that. But also, we get the verbatim from customers, so we get surveys coming in, we get uh, speech and text analytics straight out of the platform in um, pretty close to real-time. I don't think it's quite real-time, but it's pretty close. So just to summarise, I think there's... There's sort of an engineer can feel like they're they're dealing with a complicated problem, and they're getting feedback quite quickly, and they're seeing the impact that they're having on both our staff and our customers. And I think when you put all of that together, it at least makes someone think twice about, uh, well, uh, you know, I've got you know, there's something uh, another job over here I'm interested in. You know, am I going to get all of this, uh, all of this feedback, and do, am I going to feel like I'm having an impact in that business?
1: Richard, that is that's such a great story, and so much terrific information shared today. I feel like I've learned a lot. Hope for, hopefully, our listeners have. Jack, also, thanks for sharing your insight, and Jason, thanks for being such a great guest co-host today. Yeah. Fantastic questions, yeah. keeping the conversation moving. Thanks so much. So Michael, that was so fun having um, a guest host today, Jason Alley, and then having a customer, Richard Tucker, talk to us about what's happening at OVO Energy and then having Jack Nichols' expertise as well. One of the things that I took away was Richard made the point that it's okay not to have the answer sometimes and to test hypotheses to find out what the real deal is, what direction to take. And the other thing that stood out for me is, and I really love this, when it comes to talent retention, his software engineers feel like they need to be a part of real development that, they, that makes an impact. And if they don't feel like they're making an impact, that's when you risk losing them. How about you? What did you, uh, what stood out for you most?
0: Yeah, and an add on to that, I think is what he, when he, it's not just about having an impact, but if you remember, he said that they impact both the customer uh, that will serves, but then also the agent. So they're seeing impacts on both sides and it really gives them that fulfillment that they're not just, um, you know, improving efficiencies for one side or the other, they're doing something for all sides and making everyone happy. And I think that's great. Cause he said it best when he said, you know, you can pay developers as much as you want, but that doesn't mean they're going to stay or going to be happy. It's about how you retain that talent and how you keep them happy. that way? But there's, there were so many uh, touch points with uh, with Jason's comments around co creation and uh, Jack um, added it on that. I think it's just amazing that how quick he mentioned his developers got up to speed with the product. So once they got on board with it and logged in for the first time within a, what do you say, days, we or within a week or so they were developing products. And I I think that's a huge impact. You know, they, they've got to see, there's not that long drawn out cycle. So that has to be important for retention as well.
1: Absolutely. That is a big win.
0: Well, as always, as we close this week's episode of tech, talks in 20. I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you're able to take something away from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on genesis.com. These expand on today's topic and will leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click and subscribe and get notified on previous and new episodes of the podcast. And feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. Again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20. Bye.